0: You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. These Avanti vulnerabilities are being actively exploited by a wide variety of threat actors. So you really need to take action now. This is not something um, that is a, a, an area where you can really wait.
1: Welcome to Threat Vector, a podcast where Uni42 shares unique threat intelligence insights, new threat actor TTPs, and real-world case studies. Uni42 has a global team of threat intelligence experts, incident responders, and proactive security consultants dedicated to safeguarding our digital world. I'm your host, David Moulton, Director of Thought Leadership for Uni42. In today's episode, I'm joined by Sam Rubin, Global Head of Operations for Uni42 and Ingrid Parker, Senior Manager for Uni42's Intel Response Unit. We're going to discuss the escalating situation related to two new Ivanti vulnerabilities found in Avanti Connect Secure and Policy Secure Products. Sam, Ingrid, Thanks for joining me today on Threat Vector. Let's get right into it. Sam, software vulnerabilities are actually pretty common. What makes these last two Ivanti vulnerabilities so critical?
2: Yeah, thanks, David. So I think the first thing to point out is that, yes, software vulnerabilities are common, but anytime it's on something like a VPN concentrator, uh, people take notice. This is how... Uh, you authenticate to a, uh, a network or an organization from the outside, from the internet. So, if that has a vulnerability, um, we've got we've got something to pay attention to. And then, in particular, with respect to the Avanti situation, we have this series of um, vulnerabilities that were identified uh, over the month of January. We had two um, disclosed on January 10th, and then two more on the 31st. And so this sort of string of continuing um, vulnerabilities um, that have been exploited got a lot of attention from um, the federal government sort of leading up to uh, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, issuing a directive for all federal agencies to disconnect any affected Avanti products no later than 11.59 p.m. um, this past Friday on Friday, February 2nd.
1: How do directives from CISA influence the response strategies of non-governmental organizations and the broader cybersecurity community?
2: Sure. So I think the first point here is that uh, this type of directive, um, this type of action from CISA is not common. It uh, really highlights the severity of the situation and the perspective that they have that they don't feel comfortable that this is under control and that they're sort of issuing a mandate here to all federal agencies. You need to take action, and that action is to get this software off of your network so you're not using it. It's an unusual step, and I think it really um, brings to the attention of um, IT and security administrators um, nationwide, certainly and potentially globally, that they should probably be doing the same or at least seriously considering
1: it. Ingrid, can you explain the nature and potential impact of the newly disclosed vulnerabilities from Avanti Connect Secure and Policy Secure products and why they're considered so high risk?
0: Absolutely, thanks for for having us on, David. So when you look at these vulnerabilities, you really wanna focus on the first two that came out. Those work in tandem with each other and there you're looking at an authentication bypass vulnerability and a command injection vulnerability. And the combination of those actually allows attackers without authentication to run arbitrary commands on a compromised system. So that basically gives that that malicious actor access to do whatever they want to on a system. At that point, Avanti put a set of mitigations and was starting to work on patches in place. However these two new vulnerabilities put those same systems back at risk again. So even if you are taking care of what happened with the first two vulnerabilities, you are now having that, that same issue. And in this case, it's uh, very similar. There there are different types, technically. One's a privilege escalation vulnerability. One's a server-side request forgery vulnerability. These allow hackers to establish persistent system access, including full compromise of your target information systems. And when that happens, that means an actor not only can act on the system that they've gotten access to, but they can move laterally within your environment. They can perform data exfiltration. They can take a lot of other actions that go beyond just compromising that Single system. And so it's this combination plus the buildup of having multiples of these that is really putting um, users at risk and needing to take action in order to mitigate these vulnerabilities.
1: Given that the proof of concept code for these vulnerabilities has been publicly released and we're seeing active exploitation of these vulnerabilities, what immediate steps should organizations take to mitigate the risk of exploitation, especially as the patches are still being made available?
0: Number one is go to the Avanti site, read their documentation, understand the options that are available to you, whether that's a mitigation option, whether that's a patching option, figure out what you can actually do in this space, assuming that you are at risk, and consider some of the guidance that CISA has put out, especially when it comes to things like actually disconnecting your system, um, figuring out what you need to do for additional monitoring. Avanti itself... Um, is actually recommending as a best practice that all customers factory reset their appliance before they apply to patch to prevent the threat actor from gaining upgraded persistence. And so it's really important that you go through, read this set of documentation, understand um, what's out there and the order that you want to do things in order to make sure that you're going to put yourself in a great protection point. And from there, you need to continue to hunt for potential activity, knowing that these... Uh, vulnerabilities were in place before patches and mitigations came out. And as I mentioned before, an actor can move laterally, they can be in other parts of your system. So even as you're patching the Ivanti applications, you want to go ahead and be looking for other types of activity that are going on. And so making sure that you're doing the immediate triage for today, but also looking for things that might have happened beyond just that particular um, appliance is going to be really important.
1: Sam, how did the tactics, techniques, and procedures observed in the exploitation of these vulnerabilities compare with those of past cybersecurity incidents, particularly those attributed to nation-state actors or APT groups?
2: So, with respect to exploitation of the vulnerabilities, um, our perspective here comes from two fronts. One, from Palo Alto Network's Expanse technology, where we have the abil- ability to globally scan um, Instances of of the software, and in some instances, we can see post exploitation activity, specifically web shells. There is a web shell that's part of the first wave of this attack before it was really published. You know, in early January or disclosed, and that's a web shell that we see called Gifted Visitor. And as part of that, um, we can see from an HTTP post response. Um, that sends a successful connection back to that web shell um, that that the uh, the endpoint, the application has been compromised. This activity um, is consistent with um, activity we've seen from nation state threat actors in the past, specifically suspected Chinese Apt. Um, in addition to that, we have perspective here from the unit forty two incident response. Um, engagements that we're working on. And we have a number of those ongoing. Uh, Across that, we are seeing other instances of dropping of web shells on the appliance itself. We're seeing examples of connecting to the compromised VPN from multiple generic um, Windows host names, things designed to avoid detection. Uh, We're seeing that after getting that connection to the VPN, the threat actor is moving laterally through the network using a a number of different uh, commands. Um, and and remote control applications like remote desktop. Um, We're seeing various campaigns, some of them leading to ransomware, others to crypto mining. But I think across all this, it's important to remember that there's sort of three waves here. The first one is really before the proof of code was published, uh, before January 10th. And this activity we do think and assess is attributed more to this nation-state activity, the second wave here, where we start to see mass exploitation and scanning, is after that there, were, there was a blog post and some publishing about this vulnerability, um, and this wave is marked by a shift to more targeted attacks. From more targeted attacks to more mass exploitation, and the third wave, which starts you know on or around January 16th, is when there was a proof of code published and made publicly available, and this is when we really see the financially motivated. Groups getting, uh, getting engaged, attempting to use this as their intrusion vector um, before organizations have had an opportunity to patch or control it. And these are the attacks leading to uh, things like ransomware and crypto mining. So really multiple waves here, and absolutely some of it attributable to APT, others more to financially motivated actors.
1: Ingrid, Ivani has reported targeted exploitation of the CVEs. How should organizations interpret and act upon such targeted threats, especially when they're part of a sector known to be of interest to nation-state actors?
0: When thinking about being targeted, I think one of the most important things is to recognize with this set of vulnerabilities, because... It now has been around for a few weeks, and there is proof of code out there. You actually want to understand where in your timeline you fall to make sure that you are assessing the risk towards you and the likelihood that this is actually targeted activity versus opportunistic activity so that you can characterize it correctly for your SOC teams and for your leadership. And that means recognizing that if you were one of those groups that was targeted in December, It probably was something where that adversary was uniquely interested in your organization. However, if you're an organization that is seeing attacks against you right now, it is entirely possible, since that proof of code is out there, since we know that there are multiple actor groups using um, and exploiting these vulnerabilities, that it is just something that is happening as part of the wider uh, activity across the, the world. And so really understand your timeline and then take that step back and say, okay, as especially if you're targeted um, and you know that you've been targeted, but even if you're not sure if you've been targeted or you're in one of these critical sector organizations, um, we'll keep hitting on this. This is something that you need to act upon now. This is, you need to go in, read that CISA directive, understand what Avanti has put out, go in and be incredibly um, proactive In actually figuring out what you need to do for mitigations, figuring out what you need to do for patching, determine if you're able to go ahead and, you know, disconnect or, you know, how you're going to actually put these patches into place and make sure that you do that as quickly as possible then you need to step back and say okay yes i've dealt with what's happening right now but if you're talking about these advanced actor groups the ones that are targeting us they are trying to do more than just get in and you know steal a set of credentials or work on a single system they're moving laterally they are creating persistence they're looking to you know be there for the long haul and so you really need to continue monitoring Um, your environments, looking at your identity services, and making sure that you're looking for additional things that could have happened beyond just the exploitation of this vulnerability. And we always like to recommend, this is a great time to go in and look at your incident plan, make sure that it is going to be up to date and addresses what's happening in this space. And then as you are finding things or not finding things, share that within your community, help others to understand, especially within... um, critical infrastructure organizations, what are you seeing? What can you provide? How can you help others? Because when we're talking about um, these targeted opportunities, there are often unique indicators that you want to share with that community to ensure that others are able to find things that are a little bit more low and slow versus the things that are the the big bang that are coming across once um, exploitation of these vulnerabilities gets as widespread as it is right now.
1: With over 28,000 exposed instances of Avanti Connect Secure and Policy Secure products observed globally, what are the broader implications for cybersecurity posture and the potential for widespread exploitation by threat actors?
0: What I'd like to emphasize here is, you know, we as a community are talking about this right now. The CISA directive just came out. Everybody, you know, podcasts and publishing, and there's a lot of interest but a few weeks from now this is still actually going to be there as you know as something that the cyber actor you know community is still acting on you know they're going to put you know exploitation of this vulnerability into their exploit kits it's still going to be something that you know often a lot of the smaller organizations or those that may not have as robust a security team take a little bit longer in order to put their mitigations into place or put their patching into place and so what I would encourage everybody to remember is just because we may move on to the next topic that we're talking about, things like this linger on and have a long, long tail to them. So if you are somebody who is not able to actually take some actions right now, Just because you may not see as many reports on this over, you know, the next few weeks as this starts to become more actively addressed, you still need to be very actively monitoring your organization, knowing that this is not going away. You know, we will, um, with other types of vulnerabilities, it will be years later that you are still seeing actor groups that go ahead and try and um, put these into, into play in, in their TTPs, in their tactic techniques and procedures. So very much something that is likely to be with us for a long, long time.
1: Sam, considering the ongoing evolution of this threat landscape, what are some of the best practices for organizations to not only address the current vulnerabilities, but also to prepare for and mitigate future cybersecurity threats?
2: Yeah, David, I think there's some really great uh, lessons learned here, not only for organizations that have the Avanti vulnerabilities and are, are struggling with it, but for all of us um, as defenders, as cybersecurity professionals, about um, what we could be doing better or differently to protect our organizations. And I would I would make two big points here. The first is around visibility to your external attack surface. Um, you know, in the IR work that we're doing um, in Proactive advisory work, you know, a really common theme um, is that organizations have a really hard time understanding not only their physical assets, but their, their software as well um, when it comes to you know their cloud estate, um, disparate uh, branch offices, and just shadow IT, um, the exposures that they have um, from their IT inventory. So that is certainly a key lesson here is Take steps now proactively to get your arms around your externally facing attack surface. That way, when something happens, you're aware of it, you know about the vulnerability, you know where you're exposed, and you can make uh, corrective action quickly. The second point here is it really underscores and reminds us of something that we all know um, as, as cybersecurity professionals, it's defense in depth. It's that assume breach mentality. And that you have steps in place. So even when you have something like this happen, because it will, this was certainly not the first vulnerability and it won't be the last, you know, there, there will be another one, um, you know, maybe another VPN concentrator, maybe another, you know, file sharing application like we saw recently with another, a lot of other applications. So assume that something is going to happen. Do you have that layered defense? to be able to prevent it from escalating into something broad where you have to call in the third-party IR team. So that comes down to things like the prevention strategies you have, um, hardening the, the endpoints to, to avoid things like privilege escalation, uh, segmentation to keep an incident contained. Um, it comes down to the detection capability you have where you're aggregating telemetry from across your state and your different products into one place. And that you've got the right detection logic and automation in place so you can handle and understand what you're seeing at your perimeter or as things happen inside your network, um, that you're not overwhelming the SOC and that you're tracking things like authentication, you know, that you're tracking things like privilege escalation on endpoints. And then lastly, it's that response capability. When things do escalate, do you have the capability with your team, um, with your tool sets and with your with your partners if need be to respond quickly, uh, to, to, uh, contain uh, a threat before it escalates. So those are the two lessons, David. It's really that visibility and it's that defense in depth
1: strategy. Sam, talk to me about what Palo Alto Networks is doing to help.
2: Yep. So Palo Alto Networks, um, we're in a really fortunate position as being, um, one of the world's largest cybersecurity companies and really aligned with our mission here. Um, we we want to be there to be the security provider of choice, and we are in a position to help. And so I mentioned earlier, uh, the Unit 42 team um, is doing a ton on the threat intelligence side. Um, there's uh, Ingrid and the team have, have published some great research on our blog. We continue to do that. We continue to partner with law enforcement and the intelligence community and other uh, private sector organizations to get our arms around what the threat actors are doing, what the TTPs are um, on the consulting side. We're doing a lot of um, instant response investigations to help organizations. We're doing compromise assessments where we're proactively hunting for IOCs and TTPs related to uh, vulnerability exploitation. And then on top of all of this, uh, Palo Alto Networks has just come out with a no cost and no obligation bundle to help organizations get their arms around it. And what that includes is two things. Number one, there's a Unit 42 attack surface assessment where our team will help you identify any exposure related to the abati vulnerability, help you locate at-risk application servers within the environment, and provide a detailed assessment report with tailored recommendations to help you mitigate those risks. The second piece of this is that it includes a 90-day license to Prisma Access. So any organization that needs a VPN replacement, Um, they can deploy our Prisma access um, for cloud-delivered zero-trust capability, um, and that's at no cost for 90 days.
1: Sam, can you talk to me about what's driving this no-obligation, no-cost bundle from Palo Alto Networks?
2: Yeah, you know, it's really aligned uh, with our mission as a company. Our mission at Palo Alto Networks is to be the security partner of choice, and this this is a way that we can do that. Um, It's also aligned with the vision we have as an organization. Our vision is a world where each day is safer and more secure than the one before. You know, the way I think about these things is really fundamentally, it comes down to being there to help and to protect
1: our clients. Ingrid, what's the most important thing a listener should remember from this conversation?
0: I see the most important thing to understand right now is that these Avanti vulnerabilities are being actively exploited by a wide variety of threat actors. So you really need to take action now. This is not something um, that is an area where you can really wait. That can include either deploying the mitigations if a patch is not yet available for your version of the product, or going ahead and following Avanti's guidance for doing a factory reset and rebuilding the product. And then once you go ahead and do that immediate triage, you want to go ahead and continue to monitor and take a look at the possibility that actors may have moved beyond that original product and maybe in other parts of your network. So it's important to look at uh, working with your security operations team, monitoring your identity uh, systems, and making sure that you have completely isolated any kind of risk that you might have in your environment.
1: How about you, Sam? What's the most important thing you think a listener should remember from this conversation?
2: You need to take action now to make sure that your organization is safe. These vulnerabilities are being actively exploited. And even if you do not have the Avanti application in your environment, um, are you assessing your attack surface to make sure it's not out there? Additionally, let's use this as an opportunity to remind ourselves ourselves of how we would react, how we would respond um, if this was an application that was core to how users are remotely accessing our organization. Let's use this as an opportunity to make sure that we understand our attack surface. Let's make sure it's an opportunity to make sure we have the right prevention, detection, and response strategies and capabilities in place.
1: Ingrid and Sam, thanks for joining me today on Threat Vector to talk about this developing situation. For the latest insights and research on the Avanti vulnerabilities, visit the Unit 42 Threat Research Center. A link to the Threat Brief on the Avanti vulnerabilities is linked in the show notes. If you believe that you are at risk because of an Avanti vulnerability, Palo Alto Networks is offering a no-cost, no-obligation emergency bundle for your organization. You can find the details on our website, and we'll provide a direct link in our show notes. If you think that you may be under attack, contact the experts at Unit 42 to help assess your risk and exposure. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, stay secure, stay vigilant. Goodbye for now.